Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. I'm your host, Greg Goins. So excited to bring you another episode as we roll through the summer series. This week, I bring in Jenny McGarra, a best-selling author and the global head of education impact at Google. I've been connected with uh, Jenny for a long time now. She's a former elementary school teacher in the Chicago public school system. She's also a former school district administrator. She has served as a digital learning coordinator and also as a chief innovation officer. So she has a lot of great experience as she continues to move up the ladder now in a wonderful position for her at Google as she's leading the charge for change uh, with the Google education team. Uh, her book, Courageous Adventures, is one of my favorites. You want to jump out and get that and add that to your professional library so you can find that book wherever books are sold. Jenny is also the founder and president of Our Voice Alliance, a nonprofit organization that elevates marginalized voices to improve equity and empathy within education. She's also been recognized as a leader in education. She was recognized as an Obama White House champion for change. She was also a CPS Innovator of the Year. She's also a very popular keynote speaker speaking at ISTE conference. She's also a TEDx speaker. So this is certainly someone you want to connect with. You want to follow Jenny McGarra on Twitter at Miss McGarra. She's a great resource. So you want to add her to your professional learning network. So excited to have her with us. She talks about all the great things happening at Google. A lot of the changes that are going to be coming down the pipe for the coming school year. So enjoy, kick back, and turn up the volume. My episode with Jenny McGarra begins right now. I'm Jeff Eichler. And I'm Kirsten Rickert. And we are the hosts of the Getting Unstuck podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Reimagined Schools podcast, the show that shines light on positive leadership, technology integration, and innovative solutions to transform our schools. Featuring many of the nation's top educators, tune in each week to hear from best-selling authors, popular speakers, and thought leaders throughout K-12 education as we continue the conversation on how to create better schools for kids. From the podcast studio in Georgetown, Kentucky, here's your host, Dr. Greg Goins. My guest today is Jenny McGarra, and Jenny, so glad to have you with us. Jenny is now the Global Head of Education Impact at Google. She's also a best-selling author of the book Courageous Adventures. Jenny, how are things in Chicago? Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great, and uh, so excited to have you. I know this is uh, an exciting time for Google for Education which you're obviously a big part of. And I want to talk about all the cool things that you're going to roll out for the upcoming school year. But I, I kind of want to begin somewhere else. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I've had a chance to talk to so many amazing educators over the years through the podcast. But ironically, I've only met probably a handful of those folks in person. But you and I actually met in person. It's been several years now, but we actually shared the stage together at a conference in Chicago, your hometown. Uh, a school leadership conference uh, at the Hyatt Regency there for the Triple I 
uh, school board uh, and school leadership conference. I think I may have been your opening act, but I was so impressed with with you then, and uh, I knew big things were ahead for you. Have you ever stopped to kind of take a deep breath and reflect on the fact that, you know, you went from teaching fourth grade in Chicago public schools to being the keynote speaker at ISTE to now in this in this huge impact role with Google. I mean, think about your own personal journey and how how much things have changed in really a short period of time. Yeah, no, it's it's really incredible. And I'm really grateful that I've been able to um, have the career that I've had. And, you know, for me, the thing that continued to drive me was like, how do I continue to spread the impact and, and support more students? And then, you know, that focus grew to how do I support all educators and students? Um, so I'm, I'm, I don't know how it happened, honestly, but I'm super grateful. I do remember when I told my mother and father that I wanted to be a teacher. I, I knew I wanted to be a teacher since I was in like fourth grade. Um, and, and I told that story um, at, at ISTE, as you mentioned, when I was giving that keynote. And um, I said it growing up, but I think my parents thought it was one of those things that, you know, kids say like, I want to be a rock star or, you know, like I want to be this or that. And so they're like, okay, she wants to be a teacher. And I kept saying, and I kept saying it. And then I graduated from university and I was like, yeah, so I'm going to go be a teacher. My parents we're like, you're going to make less in the first year teaching than like, you know, than you made, like, then it cost us to send you to like one semester of college, you know, is this really what you want? And I said, yeah, because it's not about the money for me. It's about creating change. And my parents said, well, as long as you feel like what you're doing is worthwhile, then we're okay with it. And every day, like I always ask myself and it, I feel so blessed that every day of my career, I've been able to answer yes, that I feel like I'm creating a difference. Um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about Google as a brand. You know, you, you hear everyone talk about, um, you know, you hear kids all the time, just Google it, or we're going to Google this, or we're going to Google that. And, um, you know, it's, it's really changed the game in terms of how we uh, receive information and how we learn on a day-to-day -day basis. Great commercial out now with the, uh, the octopus commercial with the little boy uh, getting really excited by watching the Netflix movie, uh, The Octopus Teacher, and then going through the process of Googling different things about the octopus and really, you know, catapulting that child to really discover more about it. And the tagline at the end is help bring learning to life. Search on. And I think a lot of times, especially when we're dealing with kids, kids think when they Google something, that's the end of the process. And in reality, as teachers, we help them understand that's just the beginning. That's the, the beginning of the learning journey. And I just think that was such a wonderful commercial that was, you know, it's, it's been airing now for the last couple of months. But I mean, that, that kind of fits with your overall philosophy about ed tech in general. Absolutely. And I, I'm so, um, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And you know, just continuing to learn and explore. And, and I think that a big thing that we do at Google is trying to figure out how to make learning more accessible for everyone. I think that's part of that story. And, you know, we, we also know that um, there's deep connection between student interest and passion and, and truly authentic learning. And you've experienced that as a teacher yourself. You've experienced it throughout your ed tech career. Uh, we talk a lot about making that big shift from teacher-directed instruction to creating student-centered classrooms. And I guess my question is, as we try to achieve those goals, where does technology fit in there as we want kids to take more ownership of their own learning? 
Absolutely. I think it's all about, again, the access. So for example, when, you know, I had a classroom at one point of 37 fourth and fifth grade students, and we did a lot of challenge-based learning activities. And oftentimes my students would get stuck and they would try and figure out what to do. And, you know, I had, I had a limited amount of resources in my classroom. I had a partial set of encyclopedias, like physical encyclopedia books. I had, you know, a small classroom library. Um, you know, we had to sign up for times to go to our, our building library. Um, and so, you know, there was a finite amount of information they had access to in my classroom. So, you know, now when we went one-to-one, they had the entire internet at their fingertips. So they weren't limited to what we, what I had in my room physically and the resources I could have. There were so many free resources for them to access and explore. Furthermore, the way they could show their knowledge, right? So, you know, I was, I was the queen of the trifold board, right? You know, great, you know, intermediate grade school, you know, you have tons and tons of trifold board activities, science fairs, book reports, et cetera. So, you know, it was just kind of like, all right, here's another project. Here's my trifold board. Here's my construction paper. Let me show what I know. And, you know, that's also very limiting. So being able to use technology to show what you know in so many different creative ways from building a website, creating a video, making an app, uh, making a game, building something that new, coding something. It was just really exciting to see the limits of my students' imagination come to life. Um, and then finally, just having them communicate with experts who aren't me, like human resources. So we were doing an activity where they were looking at water quality across uh, the world and uh, water access. And they were able to connect with someone in Denver about um, the drought in the West and water access in the mountain areas. And I would never have been able to make that happen except for technology. So I tweeted something out, someone responded. They agreed to jump on a video call with my students. And this was not information that was accessible online, or at least that I was aware of, or, or I could even find with my Google search skills. Uh, but jumping on a Google Meet for 15 minutes with this um, uh, environmental expert out of the Denver area gave my students so much more passion and excitement and just made it so much more real because they got to talk to someone who's doing it every day. So like all of these are such a, just a tip of the iceberg of all the different ways that technology can enable our students to have more agency and take, uh, take the driver's seat in their own learning. And I think that's well said. And, you know, now that we stand on the other side of the pandemic and we kind of look back and reflect and also look forward to, to what's next, uh, I know there are some exciting things that we're going to talk about here in a minute about uh, the inner, the anywhere school initiative and a lot of uh, changes to uh, Google classroom. What do you think the big, big lessons learned would be uh, about teaching and learning as kids really and kids and parents were put in a position to create more opportunities for their own self-paced learning? You know, self-paced learning is so interesting to me. Um, it's, it's something that, I think is everyone starting to explore more, you know, along with mastery learning and with our tools, we're seeing so many uh, more practitioners, so many more educators embracing it. Um, I think that a lot of students are starting to learn how to grow at their own pace and teachers are using technology to um, create the structure and systems to support their students while still allowing them to explore their passions um, at the right at the right pace, but also move on when they're ready. Um, and so, 
I think, you know, I remember when I was a first year teacher, anchor activities was the big thing, right? So it's like, all right, here's the activity you're going to give assign to your students, all 37 of them. And then you have to have an anchor activity because students are going to finish at different times. And usually the anchor activity was open your book and read, which there's nothing wrong with. It's a wonderful thing to just have some like sustained reading time. Um, but you think about that and there's students who are spending a lot of time in the classroom just waiting, waiting to move on. And the nice thing about this concept of self-paced learning is that it's allowing students to move at their own pace so students can move forward and not feel like they're waiting. And conversely, students who need more time can have that extra time. And with Google Classroom, we're able to create these differentiated assignments that just, it's there, it's ready, it's waiting. So it's not an anchor activity. It's literally the next learning journey that you can click into. And so we're seeing a lot of teachers use the power of Google Classroom and our workspace suite to um, build these these opportunities for students to move at their own pace. You know, Google Classroom has always been the dominant player in the education space for quite some time, ever since it really came out. But during the pandemic, it seemed like everyone was jumping on the Google bandwagon, whether or not they had been there or not, trying to figure it out. That became the solution for so many people for the virtual classroom and pandemic education. Uh, I kind of know what that looked like on on our end, the the teacher and learner side. What did that look like on your end from Google? I mean, how many more folks jumped on Google Classroom during the pandemic? And what did that do just uh, for your staffing needs and taking care of all those questions and answers? It was so interesting. I started at Google like two or three weeks before our offices closed worldwide uh, for safety because of COVID. So I got, I got to eat at the Google cafe and have my fill of cookies and, and all of that. I never got a Google massage, but I got, I got to, you know, enjoy that, that those Google office perks for uh, a few weeks. Um, and then, and then the pandemic hit, which meant I was, we call, you might've heard this from movies like the internship or just word of mouth. Um, new hires at Google are called Nooglers. So I was deep in the midst of my Noogling experience and, and COVID hits the world with a storm. And I remember getting, I was, I, I was fortunate, I've moved since then, but I used to live like five blocks from Google Chicago. So I remember I was walking out my front door on like day 11 of work or something like that. And I get a text message from uh, my director and he says, hey, Jenny, this, this coronavirus thing is, is getting heating up. Um, I need you to hop on a call early today. Um, can, can you get on an 8.30? And I was like, yeah, no problem. I'm almost at the office. So I get on the call and um, the, the team says deep breath. They're like, a specific country was going Google in 24 hours. The entire country was going to go Google. And they were like, how do we support them? And they weren't, it wasn't a purchase. It wasn't like they were buying Workspace Plus, then known as a G Suite um, Enterprise for Education. They, they were just like turning on the free version of, of Workspace, then G Suite. And we just wanted to make sure they were successful because all of us know that just throwing technology at someone is, is, not, oh, is not the way to do it. You want to provide them both with the tool and the support to be successful. So we're like, what can we do to make sure they're successful? How can we help them? We need to make sure everything's in language, all of that. And so it was a little bit of a fire drill. And I remember coming out of it 48 hours later and being like, man, we survived. And then I got an email that three more countries were going live the next day. And we're like, okay, let's do this again times three. Um, and, and then, and it built up. And I remember at one point looking at the numbers and just 
thinking like, gosh, how are we going to survive this? Like, it's the right thing to do. We need to support people. We need to provide these supports for free and in a timely manner. And I am, if I, I didn't have any, you know, wonder if I should, if I should join the team at Google, but if, if there was even the smallest shred of doubt in my heart, it was, it was evaporated because of the way the team stepped up. Everyone in every role on every team, education or not, stepped up a thousand and ten percent to to really just like burn the candle at both ends and make sure everything needed to happen so we, we it wasn't like we were hiring more people or um getting extra help we just everyone just worked all night long seven days a week and just made it happen because we knew that like this was our way to support like we we couldn't you know create a vaccine we couldn't be out there like handing out masks but like what we could do is make sure that we were supporting educators and students in the best possible way with our solutions and get them the support they needed. And so I'm really, I'm really proud of the team. And it was, um, it was actually really comforting in the midst of all the, all the trauma of the pandemic to be able to wake up and feel like I'm doing something to help um, versus feeling just stuck, um, <laughs> stuck at home, stuck without uh, and the next step. Um, so it, it was challenging, but also really inspiring. You know, you made a reference to uh, the internship, the movie with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, which is one of my all-time favorites. And if you haven't seen that, that's just certainly one of those uh, Netflix experiences. You need to to find that and watch it. But I always wondered uh, the term in that in the movie that I always find comical is googliness. And uh, that was actually on my list to ask you what that means today. Uh, and I, I would assume that googliness really became rampant during COVID as, as everyone was trying to kind of think outside the box and become more innovative as they were searching for solutions in the classroom. Yeah, I think that, you know, Googliness is interesting. Um, it, it's there actually, I think is maybe an internal like full definition. I, I'd have to go look it up. I should, I, I should probably have it memorized, <laughs> but um, like one thing that like really stands out for me that I know is part of Googliness is uh, comfort with ambiguity or like being able to be resilient and flexible, right? And like being able to operate in a space where you don't know what the right answer is. And, and for me, that was something I really strive for in my classroom too. I didn't want my students to think there's one right way to do something. There's, there is like a, uh, a manifest destiny like plan to my classroom. I wanted them to know that they had free will and agency to, to make decisions, to think outside the box, to push back even on me as the teacher to say like, hey, is there a better way to do this? Can we improve? Um, are we doing this in the most um, thoughtful, efficient, innovative, ethical way? And, and I think that's for me what is really Googliness. And so during the pandemic, when um, you know it, it hit the globe, that you're right. That's how people really, they rolled up their sleeve and they're like, I don't know what tomorrow is going to be. And I don't know how I'm going to make this work, but, but I know what the problem is in front of me. And to the best of my ability with all of my creativity and brain power and, and community here, my colleagues, I'm going to try and solve this problem um, on behalf of educators and students. And, and then tomorrow I'm going to wake up and, and do it again. And I might make a mistake and then I'll fix it and I'll try again and again and again. Um, and that, that to me was truly googly. You know, we, we talk a lot about innovation and that, that's funny to me as well, because, uh, you ask 10 different people to define innovation, you get 10 different answers, but I saw a really great definition the other day on Twitter. And the definition was to change before you're forced to. 
And, and Google has always kind of been that player. They're always, uh, you know, a step ahead of the game. They're always trying to get things out to teachers in a timely manner. And that's kind of what you're doing now uh, with, with a lot of your upgrades for the upcoming school years. We go back to in-person. Do you feel any pressure or does your team feel any pressure to have the foresight to stay, stay so far ahead of the game as, as you roll out new things? I don't think it's the pressure to stay so far ahead of the game. I think it's the responsibility to listen to educators and students. And I think that it's not about staying ahead of the game, but constantly making sure that every single decision that we're making is educator feedback driven, is about what teachers and students in the community wants and not necessarily you know, what we think is the right thing to do and, and to be humble every step of the way. There are a lot of people at Google who've had a little bit of classroom experience. They spent a year or two in the classroom. They, um, you know, they've served in different ways in education nonprofits or um, adjacent to education. Um, even myself, I've had almost 20 years in the education industry. And, and as you mentioned, I've been everything from a classroom teacher to uh, a school district administrator to a university professor. And even I don't feel confident speaking for educators everywhere for so many reasons. One, I had a, my own experience and that's myopic for me to say, I understand every teacher everywhere. Two, I've been out of the classroom for a few years now and, and time keeps on ticking, things keep on changing. I was not teaching during the global pandemic. And even if that had never happened, you know, if a year goes by and I'm not teaching, things change. So what we consistently underscore is for us to be successful and do what we're hoping to do, which honestly is not make money on the education team. It's, it's really to serve educators and to sustain um, our business so we can continue serving educators is to listen and to listen humbly so that we're not coming in with any preconceived notion to assume what teachers and students need, but to, to learn and hear. And, and I have to name that it's not just even teachers and students, it's education leaders. We wanna know what, what do system leaders need? What do superintendents, ministers of education, curriculum director, assistant soups of instruction, you know, those who are leading the school districts have to make all of these different decisions. And we're really interested in understanding how can we better partner with them as well to make their jobs easier. Because I remember I, I used to like laugh. I was like, oh gosh, what do people at central office do all day? Like that must be such an easy job. Like you don't have to watch kids. Like your life is so simple. And then I became a central office district administrator. And I, I was like, okay, now I get it. This is, this is not as easy as I thought it was from afar. So so I think that for us, it's not about staying ahead of the game, but staying um, humble and making sure we're continuing to be responsive. And, you know, you're going through a bit of a rebranding. Uh, you're moving from G Suite now to the, the term is Google Workspace for Education. And you just launched, uh, well, it's been around for a while, the Anywhere, the Anywhere School Initiative. You just had a, a live event a couple of weeks ago in late June. Uh, just talk about some of the changes and kind of the shift in, in your thinking and Google for Ed team thinking as you kind of rebrand and roll out some new things. Yeah, so I think, I think you know, Google Workspace for Education is part of a larger rebrand of G Suite. So G Suite across the company is now Google Workspace, so both enterprise, the consumer version. Um, so that was an education specific. With that being said, 
I think some things that um, we're, we're starting to delve more into than we have historically is again, like really supporting education leaders. And so we've done it always. We've always, you know, and I, I can say that myself as a former education leader, I felt like Google served my needs in so many ways. I used it for uh, PD and PLCs and uh, tracking data for our day to days. Um, and I think we're digging more deeply into listening more to education leaders and making decisions to understand how we can support at the systems level too. So that doesn't mean we're pulling support from the classroom uh, level. We just want to make sure that we're more um, intentional about understanding the layers of education systems worldwide and make sure that um, educators at all different levels feel supported and feel usefulness um, in, our, in our tools. And I think you've all done a great job there at Google to respond to the needs of teachers, especially during the pandemic. Uh, you know, when I watched the uh, Anywhere School live event, there are close to 50 uh, changes or upgrades, if you will, to the various tools, uh, you know, within the Google education space. So, you know, things like allowing students to work offline because, uh, you know, a lot of kids, you know, have that digital divide. They can't actually find a hotspot or don't have Internet in the house. And there are some security features and some things with meets. And what are, you know, pick a couple and kind of highlight, you know, what you're really excited about in terms of some changes. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm really excited about the interactivity and in meet. Um, I think that it's so important that, you know, at, whether or not we're back to school or not, that we have the ability to have cleaner interface. Again, like it from a district admin role, PLCs and PD was always challenging. So the idea of doing virtual PD, even like getting everyone to one spot. I remember like the fight to be like, all right, which, which building gym can house all of our staff? For this meeting and who's going to host it and what's the parking situation going to be and like people need to drive so like even just saying like we're going to do um a, a cross district science uh pd but people can tune in via meet and still be interactive perhaps even more interactive than if we'd met in the uh, in one of our high school gyms is really exciting so you know there's there's everything from thinking about you know, all of the, I mean, there's so many different updates that are out there, but I think just like really thinking about what we're going to be able to do um, as educators um, going back to school this year and thinking about all the updates in terms of, you know, having, um, you know, transcription and thinking about, you know, different languages that are available and different hand raising tools. I remember one of the biggest challenges has been like, you know, we're on a big meet and someone raises their hands and, you're like, okay, I talked and you forget to put it down. You're like, does he still have a question or do you just forget to put his hand down? So just like simple common sense, things like that. I'm really excited about. Um, and then, you know, just being able to have the smart chip in the doc so that there's ways to connect our different apps together so that um, you can better take, uh, take uh, advantage of the entire ecosystem of workspace tools is really, really exciting. And, and just really understanding um, all the different things that are coming to Google Classroom and the ways that we're able to um, really support uh, educators. And, and again, showing folks that we understand, um, we understand their feedback, we're hearing their feedback and we're implementing it. And, and you know, another thing I think is really cool and I just kind of stumbled upon this myself in the last couple of weeks is you have a Google for Education certified coach program. And I know you're real excited about that. And I can tell just by looking at the uh, the program design that uh, Jenny Magara has her footprint or her fingerprint on that program with a lot of things I know you believe strongly in. 
Absolutely. So fun, fun fact, the Google for Education um, Certified Coach Program, uh, the model, the coaching model is based off of my book. It's based off of Courageous Adventures. And it's really about, it's sort of what I was talking about, responding to the needs of educators and listening. So when I was an, an instructional coach, I often kind of went in with a remit of what um, the powers that be above me wanted um, our staff to improve upon. Um, and this is about instead going in and sitting down and having a conversation. So if you're a teacher and coach, I'd say, hey, Greg, how, how's it going? And I'd go through this protocol to understand what are the biggest challenges that you're facing um, as a practitioner that are keeping you up at night, that are preventing you from progressing, that are just driving you um, bonkers. And so we'd work, we'd select one of those um, hurt your head problems that are really consuming a lot of your emotional and temporal bandwidth. And we'd work on them um, and, and see if there's a way to leverage technology to address or alleviate that challenge. And there's a lot of intentional language there that we're trying to um, help coaches to understand. We wanna um, honor and respect the challenges. We don't wanna say that they're gonna go in and solve the problem and uh, make um, almost like patronize the educators they're supporting. It's like, oh, you can't solve it. Well, I'm an expert. Let me solve this problem that you've been struggling with for months or years. Instead, like, let me see if I can help alleviate it. How can I help address it? Let's work together to find a potential solution. Um, and again, it's always driven by educator challenges and educator needs, which then creates a relationship and buy-in between the coach and educator, because it feels like the time that we're spending together is actually clearing my plate rather than adding to it. Well, Jenny, it's been a great conversation. I'm a huge fan of everything you do. I followed your career. So excited now that you're in this impact position at Google and looking forward to, to seeing all the great things you're going to produce there as part of the team. Thank you so much for having me on. It was fun. So a great conversation there with Jenny McGarra and uh, so grateful that she could come in and spend some time with us. She's a great resource. And again, you certainly want to follow Jenny on Twitter at Miss McGarra. She's the real deal, folks. And uh, you want to add her to your technology uh, core there within your PLM because she has some great ideas and uh, also has uh, tremendous insight uh, in what they're doing there with the Google team for education. So as always, folks, I want to thank you for listening and for supporting the Reimagined Schools podcast. I wouldn't be here with these episodes if it wasn't for you and all the folks out there that continue to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And I encourage you to uh, share these episodes with your friends and colleagues. The more voices that we can get out there and the more conversation we can have about how to reimagine schools, the better. So with that, I hope you continue to listen to episodes. Hope you're enjoying the summer series here. And as always, folks, be the change in your school district and do what you can to create better schools for kids.